Welcome back for episode 34 of Self-Signed Artist. And that's all she wrote for 2020. Goodbye and good riddance. With that in the rear view, it's time to move on to 2021. And in this episode, we're gonna help you make sure that you achieve your goals in the year to come. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm joined by my co-host, once again, Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing mighty fine. How are you doing, Kobe? Pretty good. We haven't done a solo episode in a little while. It's been quite a bit. Got to wrap up the season, I guess you could say. Season one of Self-Signed Artist. Wow, nice. <laughs> season one. Episode 34. Episode 34. Getting into it a little bit. We wanted to take an opportunity to kind of sum up the year a little bit. It's been a, a really weird year for everybody. It's been an interesting year for the podcast. We want to kind of look back on 2020 a little bit, say goodbye, and talk about moving forward into 2021 and setting some goals and, and things like that. And hopefully we can help you guys out there listening to the podcast figure out some ways to actually go after your goals and make it a little bit more of a sure thing that you can achieve them in 2021, no matter what 2021 looks like. Who knows? Could be just as wonderful and amazing as 2020 has been, <laughs> or it could be even better. Who knows? We'll see. Jake, how, how would you sum up 2020 for yourself? It can't have all been bad. Oh, man. No, 2020 was definitely not all bad. And it was not bad at all. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of introspection happened this year and it's going to continue through the next few years. And But it started in 2020 and I think it's going to be better for me as a person, as an artist, as an engineer, as a friend. So yeah, this year was really great in a lot of ways. Some artists that I work with are, are doing really well despite the setback of COVID and yeah, I'm very excited for 2021. Absolutely, yeah. Like, look back on a lot of the stuff that you've done, especially on the studio end of things. It's, like, growing. Yeah. Yeah, we're growing over here, hopefully. Not hopefully. It's slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah. How about yourself? What do you got going on? Or what What did you have going on? What? Is, what... <laughs> it's been weird. So, the whole year, I'm sure, like, a lot of people out there, there was a lot of stress this year, just surrounding everything and uncertainty and stuff like that, like my my job during the day and everything, there was concern at certain points of the year whether or not that was going to be a thing and stuff like that. But because of that, it really got me going after some of my own personal goals with my own business, which was really actually an exciting thing and something that I'd like to think I would have done even if there hadn't been all of this craziness to shake everything up. But I don't know if I would have gone after it quite as hard. I mean, for example, this podcast was something that I had thought about for a little bit, but it took COVID to kick me in the butt to like reach out to you and to get this all started. So yeah, right. I'd take that as a, a big success on the year. And there are a lot of other things like that with my mixing business and stuff like that 
where I think this year was maybe not always fun, but kind of what I needed to get going. So I'm actually looking back on the year pretty excited about what has happened and where it looks like it could go in 2021. So no regrets, as they say. (laughs) I mean, for you, Jake, do you have any goals going into 2021 that you can talk about? I mean, I mean, from an artist standpoint, from a studio standpoint, like what are you looking to do in the next coming year? As far as the studio goes, when Corona clears up, I think I'd like to move into a new space and Mm. what that looks like or where that is. I'm not sure yet. I'm not even sure what the future of, of me running a studio really looks like anyway. I'm not sure what else to say about that. That's all I have. That's all I feel about it. I'm not sure. It's It's been a really wild year. Mm. And yeah, things have just gotten shaken up. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. It's pretty foggy on that side. But as far as me as an artist goes, I would say, yeah, this year is going to be more fun than last year is what I'll say. Yeah. This year is going to be a lot <laughs> more fun than last year. 2021, much more fun than 2020. For MNNX, Manix, whatever you call it. I don't know. <laughs> what do you call it? I Side don't know. Note. I don't I have to put this the in time. there. <laughs> do you? Yes, I always I do. call it Manix. Right? And then, but then it's like, why don't you leave out the vowels? Ah, I don't know. It looked cooler. It does <laughs> look cool. Right? All right. It's Manix. It's Manix. Here and now, we're deciding. Manix. Now we have to leave that in so everybody knows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget it. yeah i I think i think what you said about 2021 being more fun than 2020 for your artist career is something that's gonna resonate with a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who are artists i don't think there were many artists who thought that 2020 was especially fun no or any fun at all from being an artist standpoint it was a lot of figuring stuff out making things work just trying to continue doing things. It's looking hopeful at the moment that at least part of 2021 will be similar to what we're familiar with. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. At least in the same vein. That would be awesome. Do you have any specific goals for Manix, like as far as what you hope to accomplish in the year? Release music. Yes. (laughs) Release music and have a whole lot of fun. Have a whole lot of fun. I mean, whether it's at shows or here in the studio, you know what I mean? Like it can't get much worse than 2020. So we just got to approach it with some thumbs up. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what we want to talk about today is like taking those goals that you may have, no matter how concrete or abstract they are and what you can do to actually move through some steps to achieve those over the course of the year. So we'll get into that in a little bit. What are uh, some of the goals that you have, Kobe, regarding the studio or the podcast? Um, I, I mean, I'm a pretty goal-focused person in general. I would say I like to have goals in mind. So I'm not going to, I don't want to give away everything that's a goal of mine for maybe some reasons that we'll talk about a little later on. But I definitely do have a number of concrete things that are on my list this year. So for my studio, just kind of generally speaking, I just want to expand into my local area and a little ways outside of my local area, kind of in in the Northeast. I'm mixing remotely. 
now. So it, it doesn't have to be location-based, but I really would like to get involved more in Connecticut and in the surrounding area as well. I think there, there's a lot of talent up in this area of the country and a lot of people making great music and I'm seeing things all the time and being more inspired by that. And I would just like to be more a part of that. But yeah, the ultimate goal is to expand. That's not to say I'm going to limit mixing things only from this area and stuff like that. It is online based now completely, which is awesome. And thanks to COVID. So I have the freedom to work with anybody from anywhere. But that's definitely one thing that's kind of on my list for this year is to get more familiar with this area. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as the podcast goes and stuff like that, it's a, a similar sort of deal. I'd like to bring more people on. Like, that's that's the ultimate goal is to get more awesome artists on here. We've had a lot of great guests, and we've been lucky to have a lot of great guests, especially in the second half of this year um, when we started doing interviews and stuff like that. I've been really happy with a lot of the stuff that we've done, and I want to just continue building on that, bring more people in, I want to start getting some bands on the podcast to talk about that. That would be cool. We've talked to a lot of solo artists and stuff like that, but I think that there's some room to grow there for us too. And a lot of people who are listening who could use that type of information. We haven't even really covered all that much when it comes to bands in general. So that's definitely a topic I'd like to focus on a little bit more in 2021. But yeah, other than that, just looking to keep doing what we're doing, keep making episodes every week, keep talking to cool people and growing the community. That's also one of the big things that I feel like I've taken away in 2020 with the podcast is I've just like met a lot of cool people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, like people in your community. So that's been a really fun thing to do. And I want to continue doing that as well. That's awesome. What about you? Do you have any anything to say on the podcast front? Yeah, I guess I guess since you said bands, I didn't even think about that. Like a whole band. That would be really cool. Yeah, and not to say that we need to have like full bands as an interview. I mean, I'm totally down to do that. But even just more people in bands. We only did that a couple yeah, times. true. So speaking of goals coming up into the coming year, this is something I think about every time we come around to the end of December and people start making New Year's resolutions and stuff. But I think a lot of people struggle with actually making that stuff happen. And I mean, there's like a whole, I feel like there's a whole industry kind of based off that, not to do with music, but like gyms and stuff like that, or health products in general <laughs> that are just marketed to an insane degree at this time of the year, because they know that people are looking to better themselves in the coming year. And they're more willing to jump on something at this point and maybe have that peter out later on in the year. So I think a lot of people, if you've ever like felt the temptation to join a gym or something like that at the end of December, you kind of understand that feeling. You get really amped up to make some stuff happen, but maybe over the course of the year, as things are actually developing, it can become a little bit difficult to keep some of that stuff up. And I know for myself, I don't know about for you, Jake, I've set some goals for myself. And when I fall short of them or don't achieve them fully, I get kind of like bummed out and like down. And then I have a hard time doing anything. It can like hurt other areas even outside of the goal. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just distracting because you, you just beat yourself up. Oh, I could have done better. I should have done this, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it consumes you. Right. I call it the rabbit hole. You go down the rabbit hole. 
Absolutely. And I think for myself, a lot of the times when I feel like that, it's it's usually, it usually starts in the spring for me. A lot of the time for me, the summer is kind of a, a difficult time for that because you're already seeing like, oh, I'm so behind on like the things that I wanted to do or whatever for this year. And now maybe I don't have enough time to get back to it. So that's what we hope to help you bypass with this episode this year. And one thing that I would recommend for people, if you haven't already listened to it, or even maybe if you have, go back and check out episode five on being a finisher, one of our early on pillar episodes. A lot of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode today have some sort of relation to the stuff that we talked about in that episode. So I think that's also a good place to start going into the new year. Once you make all these goals, set yourself up to actually be able to finish them. So let's jump into a couple of the things that we wanted to cover for this specific episode today. I think the first category that I want to talk about is in setting your goals, how to make goals that are actually useful to you, that will actually drive you to do better in a year rather than do what I was talking about earlier, where you set a big goal and then you don't achieve it and you beat yourself up about it for the second half of the year. For me, I don't know, Jake, if you have ever tried something similar to this, but I like to try and make an A goal, make the big goal that you're kind of shooting for for the entire year that you're hoping to accomplish by the end of the year, but then also make some smaller goals that are more achievable, easier to achieve. So I think a lot of the times people think that in order to make a goal useful to you, you have to like shoot big all the time. But I think it's also useful to make things that are easy, that you know you can do. So for me, I make an A goal, and then I also make a B goal and a C goal. And those things don't necessarily have to be related to one another at all. They're just three kind of different levels of things that I want to try and do. Is that something you've ever tried, Jake? No, it is not. I have not tried that. I might have to. Yeah. So this is a little bit different from one of the things that we talked about in episode five, where we were talking about taking a goal and dividing it up into manageable chunks. I gave a running example for there, like in a long race or something like that, you break it up into what you can see. I'm going to run to the next telephone pole or whatever. And then those become small victories that help you keep going. So this is a little bit different from that, but this is also actually an idea that I came across through running and through races. So I guess I'll, I'll give you my sort of mindset on this. So when I run a race, a lot of times I'm running long races. This is something if you're familiar with me on a personal level, you, you know this about me. I talk about it all the time. I try not to talk about it too much on the podcast, but for this example, I think it's good. So I'll go into a race with an A goal, say a certain time or a certain place. I want to come in the top 10 or something like that. But for me running these long races, things go wrong over the course of the race. So for a 30 mile race or a 50 mile race, there's a good chance that something's going to go wrong early on. And then after that thing goes wrong, it's really easy to be like, oh my God, I'm not going to make my goal of top 10. I might as well just drop out. So this is something I struggled with. And I attempted a hundred mile race over a year ago now where that happened to me. I had an A goal in mind. I didn't set a B or a C goal. And when it was certain that I wasn't going to make my A goal, I got into my head and it dropped out halfway through. So for me now, 
what I try and do is have two, at least two other goals in mind, whether that is to have another time goal. I want to finish in under this time as a B goal, or I want to be in the top half of the field as a B goal or something like that. And then I always have a C or a D goal as well, which is the bottom thing that I could hope to achieve, like finish the race. (laughs) If I can't achieve the A goal and be top 10, and I can't achieve the B goal of being under this time, I want to finish. So when you don't achieve your main goal, you still have something that drives you that you can push for so you don't drop out. I think that that's something that can be really useful for this sort of business. Being an artist is really about like setting big, hard goals for yourself, like things that a lot of people look at and they go, that's crazy. Like, good luck. You're never going to achieve that. But you have to have those big goals in order to do this, especially if you're trying to do it as your main gig. But at the same time, those are hard things. So if you miss them, you need to have something else there that is a driver for you. I guess an easy example, if we're going for like a a basic sort of example, maybe your goal is to release an album in 2021. That's your A goal. A B goal for that could be to release an EP. I mean, less songs, (laughs) less work, I guess. That could be a good B goal where you still have something to push for. And then a C goal could be three singles or a single or play a show, something like that where you have these three kind of levels that you can go after. I think that's maybe an oversimplification as far as an example goes for an artist career, but hopefully that kind of gets across what I mean by that. Does that make sense, Jake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it is important to go big with your goals at the same time. Like that A goal, I think, should be big and difficult and something that, you may not achieve. That should be in the back of your mind. That like that this is not a guarantee to happen. If it's a guarantee to happen, it's probably not the best thing to make your A goal because it's not going to push you as much. But then you also need to have those next steps. Other things that you can still push for. And at the same time, with an artist career, if you don't have to make your A, B, and C goal related to one another. It's not like a race in that sense. You could have three different things that are just different difficulty levels, I guess. And if your year goes great, maybe you can achieve your A goal, your B goal, and your C goal and blow 2021 out of the water. So that's something I would encourage you to think about. The way I kind of think of it is like soft goals. Mm. And I should probably work a little bit more on setting the staggered goals that you were just talking about. But kind of like how my mind works right now is like, Some of my personal goals are like, I would like to own a home. I would like to eventually purchase a different car. I would like to like start a family and provide for them. And those are very real and attainable goals, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there other than I just don't (laughs) like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I just put my head down and push. Yeah. And like every once in a little while, poke my head up and and see where I'm at. And, you know, as of, as of late, I'll reevaluate, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that those are totally valid things to have as 
your goals. And I mean, those are things that I have as a goal as well. Like this year, I've been looking for a house, terrible year to look for a house, but, (laughs) but like, yeah, so those are, those are the types of things to definitely have as part of your staggered goals. I think, I think just in addition to that, I would encourage people to have some concrete things that are part of their actual like business and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where you are looking to achieve something in your business in order to achieve those bigger life sort of goals. Uh, So I think maybe there's a distinction just to be made there. Like if you're laying out goals for yourself for the year, say, these are the things that I'm hoping to have for my life. And then these are the things that I'm hoping to accomplish in my business in order to get those things in my life. Maybe it's something where you can have sort of a double goal system, an ABC goal for your business and an ABC goal for your lifestyle or something like that. I don't know. That's really good. Maybe that's something that I should think about too. I kind of, (laughs) sometimes I get on like this one track mind sort of thing where I'm only thinking about like my business. I'm only thinking about my house shopping or something like that. And it's hard to like relate those two things to one another. So maybe that's a way to relate them. It's tough to balance. The mental it is tough to balance. Where that gets spent. <laughs> yep. Always a balancing act. But then I would say we should also mention and not forget about something that we talked about in episode five, which is that once you have these goals that you've laid out for yourself, whether it's about your life in general or about your business, then yes, you do want to divide those goals up into smaller workable steps. I still think that that's an important thing to do. We talked about that in episode five, just to reiterate, you want to give yourself small bite-sized chunks that are manageable. It's hard to look at your year and be like, I want to, uh, whatever, I want to release a single and have it on New Music Friday or whatever like that. Like that's a big goal. That's arguably a, a difficult goal to achieve. So if you're looking at that, it can be hard to say, well, how do I do that? I just have to like do it. Or you can say, I'm going to build up to that. I'm going to go for these smaller playlists first, and I'm going to try and and build up to the large playlist. You can lay out small steps for yourself, pushing towards that one big goal. So I do think that that's a thing to keep in mind as well. So you have your A, B, and C goal, and then you have multiple steps maybe up to even 10 steps or something like that to get you to achieving those goals. What do you think is like the best time chunk to like divide the year up? For me, I feel like quarters is the best way to like divide up the year into chunks Mm -hmm. because it's, it's like enough time to get something done, but it's not so much time that it's like scary to look at. Yeah. I like to think in quarters for the same reason. It's, it's kind of more manageable. It's, three months, right? Three months yeah. in a quarter. Yeah. Three, three months <laughs> is a, uh, it's a decent chunk of time to like look back on and kind of evaluate whether something that you've been doing is, is working or not, or if you mm. need to, you know, kind of switch something up. So yeah, I agree. Well, I think what you just said is super valuable too. Like I was talking about like looking forward, like looking at the next three months isn't as scary as looking at the next year. But what you just said about looking back is just as important, maybe more important, like evaluating how far you've come in an objective way. Obviously, I mean, we've talked about it before, like evaluating yourself can be 
a tricky thing too in a place where it's like easy to get down on yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's less likely that you're going to get down on yourself looking back on three months and being like, oh, I did this or, oh, I didn't do this than it is to look back on a whole year and be like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's a, a good way to divide it up. Maybe it would be, I think that depends maybe a little bit on who you are as well. Maybe a month is what you need to do. Maybe you need to have weekly meetings with yourself to be like, what did I do this past week? You know, I, that just kind of comes down to your own personality and the way that you're able to work, set goals, and then measure your own achievements. That kind of brings us to the next point on this, which I find really important. This is something that you're going to see in whatever, business blogs and things like that. So I don't want to harp on this too much. And it's a little bit of a cliche idea, but I, for me, it's important. So I do want to mention it briefly. And that's that writing these things down, your goals for the year, your A, B, and C goals, and the steps to achieve them, I find helpful to myself. Depending on who you are, maybe that's not something you need to do. But writing it down, for me, even writing it down physically with a pen and paper is better than typing it out. Writing it down kind of burns it into my brain a little bit. And it's something that I try to, I'm not always the best at this, but I try and look back on that list of goals and the steps occasionally for the reason that you were just talking about, assessing how I've done. What do I need to change in order to be doing better than what I'm doing right now? I don't know. We, we've talked a little bit about like whiteboards and stuff like that. I think back in episode five, we're, again, we're referencing that episode a lot today, but do you find any value in that for yourself? Is that how your brain works at all? <laughs> Not a chance. I <laughs> have written, oh my gosh, since I haven't been in school, I I don't know I write on birthday cards, dude. Like <laughs> that's about it. Cause my handwriting is so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not going to be a thing that works for everybody. And like I said, that's a cliche thing that you're going to see everywhere, but I wanted to bring it up because for me, it does work. So mm-hmm. take that for whatever it helps you with. Yeah. <laughs> One other big point that I want to talk about today, Jake, and this is maybe a little bit of a debate or discussion. I don't know if we'll have differing opinions on it or not, but this is something that I, a concept that I see sort of blasted over the entire internet when it comes to the idea of goal setting for a year. But I I want to talk about it and start a little discussion about it because I think maybe it's not the case for everybody. And that's the question of telling everybody your goals publicly whether or not that's a good idea. I feel like I read a lot of blog posts and stuff like that that are all about that. They say, tell everybody you find who is willing to listen about what your goals are, and then you have that accountability. You have that pressure that you've built for yourself to get those goals done. I think there's two sides of that that can work for some people and maybe not for others. So I kind of want to do a little pros and cons on that maybe, and we can we can talk about what you think would be the best way to, to go about doing this if you were going to like set up a, a concrete list of goals. Do you think that broadcasting your goals to everybody is a helpful thing? No. Why not? <laughs> um, I just think goals are probably something that you should keep to yourself and maybe the immediate people around you for no reason other than why. Why are you informing people that don't care, that won't Mm. hold you accountable? They aren't holding you accountable. 
the fear of embarrassment is holding you accountable. Right. So if you aren't ready to grind, you're going to look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big concept. Fear of embarrassment. I think that that's probably something we've mentioned here before as a motivator. That fear, I think, can be very motivating. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can often, I think, lead back to what we were talking about earlier, where you don't achieve a goal and it's really easy to beat yourself up about that, especially if you're now embarrassed because everybody knows that you didn't achieve the goal, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's also person to person because it's it, th- like, I don't want to look like a fool. I'm not going to put myself in a position to look like a fool. I hope, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. So, but for someone else, that's a different personality type than me. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. might be exactly that. You're like what you're saying. Like it might be a driving force behind what really makes their career. Right. And maybe that comes down to working under pressure, like how well you work under pressure. I mean, I think you work pretty well under pressure. I think, would you agree with that? Yeah. I think I really like to work under pressure. i not in the moment, but afterwards. Yeah. It's a certain type of pressure though that is is different when it's like it's like public pressure versus private pressure i guess mm-hmm. like if you're under pressure for whatever a client or something like that i think that is different pressure than being under pressure to not look like a fool to <laughs> 10,000 people or something yeah. <laughs> or more <laughs> a million people or whatever however big your following is so yeah that's one of those things where i think it really does depend on who you are And here's, I think, maybe the misconceptions that sort of surrounds this idea of stating your goals publicly. It's sort of touted as a thing where you do it for accountability, that your fans or your audience is going to hold you accountable and push you to succeed. I honestly don't necessarily think that that is the case for most people out there. I think fans are actually pretty bad accountability partners. They're much more likely, I think, to just move on to the next thing. If they see, you said you were going to do this, nothing happened, then why am I going to pay attention to you? They're not going to be like, you said you were going to do this, and I really want you to do it, so yeah. I'm going to help you to succeed. Like That's not how a lot of people work. Unless they're a super fan, which you might have some of those who who will help you in that way. But I think from a mass audience perspective, they're more likely just to be like, what's the next thing? Yeah. <laughs> right? A hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. Unless you're making them want something, unless you're leaving them wanting more, there mm. is not a chance that they're going to come back and be like, please, or right. you were supposed to do this. Unless they gave you money for it. And like, I'm going to print shirts. Okay. Like if you didn't give someone their shirt, then there's an issue. <laughs> right. And then they're going to hold you accountable. Yes. But there's no reason for them to hold you accountable. So like Kobe's saying, there's a thousand other artists out here. None like you, but there are a thousand other artists out here. Who can hold somebody's attention. Right. But maybe, so I think there is a small amount of validity in this argument, but I think there's like a catch to it. So maybe instead of broadcasting your goals publicly to anybody who might stumble across it, like saying, posting something on social media that says, I'm going to do this this year. Maybe instead of doing that, you can reach into your closer 
fan base. If you do have super fans who are going to be there for you no matter what, if you've built that relationship, maybe that's somebody that you can share a big, difficult goal with and they will support you towards going after it, even if you don't achieve it. That's the type of relationship where I think that accountability can hold true. But again, that's a difficult thing. That's that's the exception, not the norm, I would say, when it comes to fans, people who are going to be there for you, really, whatever happens. Uh, I think a much better way to go about this from a, an accountability standpoint would be to reach out to your peers. Let your peers know what your goals are because they have goals too. They're trying to push towards the same thing. If you have artist friends, if you have bands who are friends, if you have a producer who's a friend or a manager or whatever, if you have those types of working relationships where you're all kind of pushing for the same thing, I think that's an area where accountability can be really powerful, where you're all pushing each other. And that's a give and take thing too, because they're maybe holding you accountable in exchange for you holding them accountable. It's a, a two-way street there, which you really don't have with your general fan base in most cases, I would say. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with that. And I think in addition to having a peer, you should have also a mentor mm. and you should also have someone that you're mentoring. And I say that, please take it with a grain of salt because not everybody out here should be mentoring. And that's just how it <laughs> is. You know what I mean? Until you get to a certain point, like you got to be mentored. I still have to be mentored. I don't feel comfortable mentoring right now, mm. but I think it's important. I think you're absolutely right. Those are two things that go really hand in hand with that, that I wasn't even really thinking about. But now even reflecting back on like my own goals. And I, I mean, this is something that I'm not going to say too much about right now because it's a fairly new development in my business, but this is something that I've been sort of pushing for. Just recently, I joined a mastermind group, which I'm paying money to be, quite a bit of money to be a part of, which is basically what you just said, Jake. Like it's a, a group of people who are, I guess technically I can think of them as peers, but some of them are ahead of me. Some of them are maybe a little bit earlier on in their career, but there's hopefully going to be that sort of dynamic. People who can mentor me, people I can mentor, and peers who are on the same level who know exactly what I'm going through. So I think that's a really, really good point that you just laid out there. So that's something I'm going to think about for myself a lot too. And I think a lot of artists out there, I'm sure you can think of somebody who is a little bit further ahead in their career as a musician than you are, who would still be more than willing to talk to you about your own goals. And then I'm sure no matter who you are, you can find somebody who's just a little bit earlier on in their career than you who could use your help. And I think both of those things, getting help from a mentor and helping somebody else, mentoring somebody else can be beneficial for you for achieving your own goals too just different ways to to think about stuff. So I'm really, really glad you said that, Jake. I think that's a really, really important point. One other thing that I think goes along with this as far as broadcasting your goals to everybody is the idea of under-promising and over-delivering. This is a concept that we mentioned, I think, in our episode with Ethan Geldenzopf for his like service-based business of recording drums for people, for artists. That was episode 31. But I think this also goes for your fans. Like 
you don't want to promise something and then not deliver on it. It's better to promise less and give them more than they were ever expecting. That's going to build more loyalty from your fans, bring you more fans than the other way around. So I think that's something to think about as well, that instead of holding you accountable, they might be expecting more than what you can give them. Mm. I think the best way to show your fans what your goals is, is to achieve them and then talk about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah, do it, accomplish it, and then you can tell your fans about what you had to go through to get to that point if there's a good story behind it. I mean, fans will love that kind of stuff. Stories of growth and things like that are a way for them to connect to you, but that's sort of like a, a bonus thing. You achieved something, you did something awesome, and now they know about it. So maybe think of it from that standpoint. You want your fans to know all your goals and all the big plans you have. Show them by doing it. The only other thing I'll say about, you know, broadcasting your goals or whatever, just sharing your excitement is that you can kind of spoil it if you share it with someone that isn't going to be as excited or maybe questions or pokes holes in your plans or anything like that. So be careful with who you share your plans with. Share it with people that are going to be excited for you, that are going to be supportive of you and non-judgmental of you. And that will be real with you and provide constructive criticism when when needed or asked for. But yeah, just because from my experience, you know, in writing and, and, and sharing my music with people, I just get excited. You know, I'll, I'll get something hot off the press and take it to iMessage and it goes to 20 people. You know what I mean? 10, <laughs> yeah. 10, 15 people. And, you know, if one person responds like a little bit lackluster, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Huge dent in the whole thing. Right. Um, but nobody's going to know how amazing your plans are better than you, you know, because you have the vision for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, with that being said, trust yourself. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Trust yourself and don't worry too much about the other people. Right. Yep. So I think the last thing that I want to leave everybody with is more of a concept of holding yourself accountable, being your own accountability partner. And one way I think to do this is to apply pressure. So we are, are kind of going back in the same direction that we already said not to do. You don't want to apply pressure in the form of potential embarrassment or something like that. But you can do things that will be motivators for you. So people love to make goals, but oftentimes resist actually taking action on them. They make the goal, but then the motivation to actually go after that thing isn't really fully developed. And that can be one of the areas where people fall short. For some people, maybe this is you, maybe not, setting something up that's a risk-reward consequence sort of system can actually be beneficial. So maybe your goal is to record and release something, a single. A motivator for that could be reserving studio time. You've put down a deposit maybe for studio time. There's money attached to it. That can be a big motivator. You don't want to not finish writing your song and going to the studio because you've already put a little bit of money up front. Or maybe this is on the edge of the embarrassment motivator, but maybe booking a show. 
If you don't have enough songs to fill a full set yet, booking a show could be a way to put motivation on yourself. Now you have something that is driving you to finish these things. So there's maybe a little bit of a gray area there, but I think that that can be beneficial. When it's pressure from you and it's coming from within your drive to accomplish something, that can be a good type of pressure. And that can look like a bunch of different things. But for me, money is a good motivator. The loss of money is a good motivator. I don't want to pay for something and then not get my money's worth out of it. So if I put money down on something, you better believe I'm going to be working pretty hard to like make that a thing. And that's part of, for me, with this mastermind group, which I'm sure I'm going to talk about later on in the year in the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to hear, man. It sounds really cool. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see how it goes. <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about it at this point, but it is something that I had to pay a significant amount of money up front for. So now that money is gone, I'm going to be working really hard <laughs> yeah. to make sure that every cent of that pays off and that it's all yeah. worth it in the end. So are you going to be are you going to be counting on the other guys in the group to make sure you got your money's worth, Kobe? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know if a I would little say bit. there's got to be some of that. It's part of the idea is the accountability there. But yeah, I'm going to be working really hard to make sure that that all kind of ends up paying off in the end and, you know, make 2021 the best year that I ever yep. had. So, <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> I think it will be. I think it will be. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. 2021. Here's my final notes. Here's my final headlines for 2021. <laughs> First of all, thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. So cool. All all the reviews, all the people that have hit us up, all the guests we've had. It's been so absolutely cool that this was just an idea that Kobe hit me about a few months ago. And now we're on episode 34. So, so cool. That's awesome. Thank you. 2021 is going to be sick. But mm -hmm. <laughs> the last little bits that I would have for you guys are, number one, put yourself first always mm -hmm. and take care of yourself. Advocate for yourself in business situations when it comes to points or money or whatever. Your work is worth it. Your time is worth it. And there is value in everything that you do. And don't let anyone make you feel less than that because there's a tendency for for people to do that in this industry once in a while and just grind so so hard just go as hard as you possibly can just go ahead and do it i don't know what i'm trying to say hold on dude you just like jake Mannix with the words of wisdom to sum up the last episode of 2020 and send it off with an inspirational bang dude thank you thank you i'm thank like you. i gotta go do some work right now or something <laughs> Now I'm all amped up. Yes. Well, like Jake said, thank you so much for listening and get ready for more in 2021. We're going to be here and we're going to get some cool stuff done. So we will see you all there. That's all we've got for you on this episode. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace.